When you graduated from college, did you feel like you had to have it all figured out and realize you didn't? Well, we're here to tell you that that's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out and the value is in the journey. Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back once again to another episode of the Unity Talks podcast. Today, my, gr- my guest is Bryce Buckley, who is the controller at Blue Tide Environmental. Welcome to the show, Bryce. Yeah, great to be here. I've uh, caught a few of these episodes, so it's, uh, it's an honor to be on as a guest. Love it. I love it. I hope more people are watching too. <laughs> So keep sharing it. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> so first, why don't you start out by giving us a little two-minute commercial on Blue Tide Environmental? Because every time I see that name and I say it, I feel like I should be on the coast or in Hawaii <laughs> or surfing or something like that. It just didn't fit in Dallas. Yeah, good. Our uh, yeah, our marketing firm did well there. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Blue Tide Environmental is super, super exciting company to be part of. I, I, I thank my lucky stars every day. So. Blue Tide Environmental is in the used motor oil recycling ecosystem. So, so think of, well, I'll take you through the ecosystem real quick. Okay. So, you know, you've got cars, trucks, um, they're creating, you know, used motor oil. They go and, um, you know, they get their motor changed at Jiffy Lube or, okay. you know, your local, yep. local oil change place. There's aggregators or collectors that pick up that used motor oil. And then we take that used motor oil and through our uh, recycling facility, we then break that down into uh, clean it up, break it down into base oils, and then we sell it back to uh, large uh, lubricant blenders, you know, a lot of names uh, on bottles that would be in your store shelf. Okay. And then that goes back into the cars and, it, and, it, and it's, it's this uh, continuing good. cycle um, and it reduces carbon emissions by something like 80%. So, okay. so um, we need more of this. Absolutely. So we One. need we need Blue Tide Environmental <laughs> to grow bigger. Absolutely. Is what we need. Yes. Okay. And yes. that's why you're there. You're there to help keep accounting and finance in check to make it grow bigger because it is it's a smaller company, right? Like it's a is it a, a startup or yeah, yeah, we're a startup. Um, we are a private equity backed. So we're we're backed by Tailwater Capital who, you know, People might have differing opinions on private equity firms, but ours is great. Yeah, Tellwater's <laughs> uh, local. Tellwater's local. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We can deal with, uh, meet with them face to face. Super collaborative, super super supportive of what we're doing. So okay. great, great partners there. Um, yeah, and and sky's the limit on on used motor oil recycling. There's a whole whole lot of growth in this industry. So is this kind of like an entrepreneurial type? foray we would might say yeah yeah it's it, it's really kind of cool because you really wouldn't you know i'm a controller i'm in accounting you wouldn't generally associate accounting with entrepreneurship mm-hmm. but in this case it, it really feels like it you yeah. know of course my main job is accounting and finance but you know i'm i'm getting to sit on all sorts of meetings, whether it's, you know, executive level or board meetings or, um, you know, marketing meetings or commercial meetings or all sorts of things, you know, small company. We're about, when I joined, I think I was head number body number nine or 10. I think we're at 25 ish right now. And, uh, that number will keep increasing over the next year. 
So, and you've been there for almost a year. Almost a year. So yep. from nine or 10 to 25 in about 10 months or so. Yes. That's, yep. that's pretty quick. And that's it great. Will, it, it will double in the next year. Yeah. So congrats to all the success yeah, you guys are having. You. Yeah, thank you. Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. So our theme today is going to be, you don't have to have it all figured out and the value is in the journey. Absolutely. And, and we're really trying to balance like ambition and patience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like your career sets up well to talk about this theme, which is why, you know, we, we decided this is the theme we're going to cover today for people who are sitting there graduating school and they're thinking, well, now what am I supposed to do? I should have my whole career figured out. And you don't, <laughs> no. you didn't, no. I didn't either. <laughs> and, and it's okay. But before we jump there, I always try to give our audience kind of a backdrop of mm -hmm. who our guest is just so they can familiarize themselves. And, and you're looking at Bryce Buckley, who is a West Texas and South Texas, super, super small town guy. Now, not the smallest, not the because smallest. Marcus <laughs> King, who is a tax manager at Texas Instruments, who is with us, was from the smallest town in Kansas. Okay. So you are the second smallest. So tell us a little bit about growing up. Yeah, so my, my hometown is, is Freer, Texas. So population 2,500 and Freer is about two hours south of San Antonio. Uh, no one's heard of it and uh, even people this from san true. antonio have never heard of it i've not <laughs> so my, my dad uh, uh worked for for conoco and then then conoco phillips um and that, that's what took us to freer because he was in operations mm -hmm. um and there's an operating area very close to freer uh yeah so so small town life you know uh very very blue collar very yeah. uh keep life simple and uh lots of lots of dreams of one day being in a big city big city and here we are today <laughs> yes so, so we did have it all figured out you went from the small no i'm kidding we Something didn't have like it all that. yeah but i will tell you here's what i learned about bryce so this is an interesting side note okay and i hope <laughs> bryce is okay with me sharing this okay let's hear so it. i'm i'm from texas born and raised we went to school that was governed by uil rules um <laughs> There were UIL, UIL academic competitions. Yes. Bryce is like a champ at these competitions. <laughs> he, uh, he entered and was, I guess you were in the calculator and the accounting competitions in your junior year of, of high school. You made the finals to state and calculator. Uh -huh. And then your senior year, you went to finals and state for, for accounting. For accounting, yes. And, and you weren't using a TI-84. All you old people, you know what I'm talking about. The TI-84, that's yeah. what we used. Yeah, if, if memory serves, I think I used an HP 32S2, <laughs> something like that. And for, for all the listeners, viewers out there, I, I realize how nerdy this sounds, and I'm uh, <laughs> completely okay with it. It was I, I I'm actually surprised because in my in my hometown it was like UIL academics was like you played sports, you could play sports, yeah. but you could also do these academic competitions. So it was something I you know was good at, and you know even at that time, like I realized what like going to state and calculator sounds like That's, yeah. it's, it's pretty it's got some inherent humor in there. i love it i love it i think it's great it's a great story plus not that we need to go into it but in in these small west texas towns you know one of the big events was a rattlesnake roundup yes. i went to sweetwater's rattlesnake roundup yep. which is huge um and of course freer texas had a rattlesnake roundup so and if you ever want to go to a rattlesnake roundup, go to a small West Texas town, you'll be able to go to one. But anyways, let's 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 move on here. So you went to the five year program at A&M, got a degree in accounting. Mm -hmm. uh, was accounting a little bit in your thought? This is my escape 
from a small town into a bigger city. I've got to get this degree and A&M and accounting is kind of my way out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think being, you know, even though I grew up in a small town, I don't think it was, I think with the values I grew up with and, and maybe the, the goals I had and, you know, I, I made a joke to you that, you know, watching Seinfeld and Friends or watching movies that were set in New York or San Francisco, it was like, wow, yeah, I want to do that one day. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, go, going to A&M, which, which for some is a step down as far as like, you know, going from a big city to College Station. But for me, that was a step up. Huge. Career to College Station was big, big upward uh, move there. Um, so, yeah, definitely always kind of dreamed of having like, oh, getting to be, you know, in the city and, and working working for a big company and being, you know, big and important one day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you graduated from A&M and here's what's so interesting. I'm going to go quickly through your background mm -hmm. here because we do want to get to, you know, the value being in the journey and, mm -hmm. and part of your background uh, demonstrates that. Um, you graduate and you go back home. Right. Mm -hmm. You thought you were escaping the small town. It sucked you right back in because you were going to rebel and be a farmer. And you're wearing graduation cap and gown. And then you're wearing jeans and Wranglers and That's boots it. and working a farm. In a matter of uh, three or four days, or four, I think. I yeah. think I got a long weekend and I, I was I was reporting to, for farm duty. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so you do that and I think you came because you didn't really know what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. So this is the start. You don't really know what you want to do. You don't have to have it all figured out when you graduate college. Yep. Um, farming is not what you went to school for. You went for right. an accounting degree. Yep. And you realized about a year in after, uh, after seeing the... <laughs> Uh, potential future spouses, <laughs> limited selection. Very limited selection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I make a joke that uh, you know the best, the best looking potential, the best looking woman within 25 miles was my grandmother. So that was, <laughs> yeah, that kind of yeah. shows you uh, how limited my social circle was on the farm. Well, and we don't want to do that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So what's so fascinating? What you did is you were recruited out of A&M by Halliburton. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you proactively called that recruiter up. You had the guts to just proactively call them up and say, hey, look, yeah, what I decided to do ain't working. I want to come work for you guys. And they hired you. They did. They and did. I was, I was actually just while I was, uh, uh, you know, thinking about this, this conversation, I looked up the email where I had. I still have out. it. Yeah, still have Is it. Is it framed? <laughs> It should be. It should, it should be. be. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's cool that you just reached out to him proactively because mm -hmm. a lot yep. of people wouldn't have done that. They would have just started over in the application process, and, and so I, I really think that kudos to you for doing that. But here, here's where it takes off, right? So you're at Halliburton and you're put into an SEC reporting department, which. Mm -hmm. You know, for the listeners, it's very rare that you have SEC reporting experience if you're not coming from a big four, big six, you know, some other big audit firm, right? So mm -hmm. you're doing that. You're in investor relations. You're splitting time in there. You're in global operations. And as you advance your career, you know, you, you get more technical accounting. You have operations accounting. Mm -hmm. You've got financial analysis, more investor relations. So you've really just got this mishmash of very disparate mm -hmm. accounting functions in your background, mm -hmm. as opposed to a traditional, I began an audit, yeah. I left and went into a reporting function, and then maybe I became a controller or maybe I stayed in reporting. Yep. And yours was just all over the place, mm -hmm. which lends people to think, 
And Bryce has no clue what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Uh-huh. What are you thinking through this time? You know, I think it, I think it's sometimes some people, including myself, kind of have to learn things themselves. You know, it was always one of those where, you know, my, 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 you know, the foundation of my career has always been the SEC reporting side, technical accounting, and that, that, that's the foundation. And that's really, you know, it appeals to me because it's, you know, academic, incorporates, it incorporates a, a big skill set, in my opinion. Like, you not only have to know accounting, but you have, be, have to be able to write well, you have to be able to communicate well. And so, may, so maybe that's really like maybe the, the the tie that binds here it's like i feel like i've got the accounting side of my brain but then i've also got this little bit of creative side and and so a lot of these jobs were a way for me to figure out how to how to use that skill set mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um and so and so i i learned things in the in the ops roles i learned things investor relations was a whole new whole new area for me and then and then again you know kind of the the tie that binds is that financial reporting technical accounting skill set as well yeah well you know one of the things that we've talked about is you had such a broad background, almost looking like it was directionless. And maybe mm -hmm. at times it really was directionless. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I remember being 25 and 30 and 35 <laughs> years old. Heck, I'm, you know, in my mid 40s and I still feel directionless at times. Sure. You know, so, um, but that's okay. Uh, because what you've been able to do is you've been able to piecemeal this really well-crafted career mm -hmm. at the end of the day into position if you heard the beginning of the show you can tell bryce loves what he does <laughs> you know this show could be packed full of 30 minutes of just talking about blue tide environmental and mm -hmm. everything that you're gaining one of the things you've mentioned which i want to pause on here to me is you said every job that i'm looking for i have a skill set that i've developed mm -hmm. and i'm making sure that i can add to that skill set mm -hmm. so tell us about how you look at that next job or even the current job that you're in in the moment yeah yeah so i, I always say a good job is one where you can take your existing skill set and apply it immediately but then you're also learning and developing and challenging yourself. So, so yeah. So, so when you said, you know, uh, you know, uh, directionless, perhaps, perhaps on the surface, but to me, I was learning in every role and I was taking that existing skill set and I was tacking on a new skill and tacking on a new skill and tacking on a new skill. So to me, uh, and again, you fast forward, fast forward 20 years or you know 18 20 years and, and now my skill set's like this huge yeah <laughs> um so so yeah and, and really during the time you know i was i was probably impatient with myself i was like you know you should be you know you should be making this much money you should be having this title oh i just saw a friend just got this promotion like you can look at that and you can let ego get in the way and you can let that that occupy your thoughts but god you know, love to communicate to the audience and say, you, you got to push that stuff aside. Mm. You got to remember you're on your own journey. You, you, you're going to figure it out. Just be patient with yourself and give yourself a little time. So good. So <laughs> good. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. And compare yourself to yourself a year ago. Don't don't compare yourself to like, you know, your friend or, or, the, or the guy that sits down the hall. Well, and it's it that is hard to do, and it's it's hard to do for you and I 
Mm -hmm. But yes. it's also going to be harder to do for our younger generation yes. because they were born with the phone in their hand. You know, yes. I didn't get a phone until I was like 24 years old and then yes. I got a phone and it couldn't do much. It could call. Yes. That's it. <laughs> and we wouldn't text because it took forever because you had to right. hit the button three times to get the letter you wanted. Sometimes I debate going back to one of those yeah. phones. Yeah, right. amen, <laughs> A yes. Now they're born with a phone in their hand and they're mm -hmm. born with you know social media and you, you have the ability to see what everyone, and you're seeing their best life. It, absolutely. Most of the time. Absolutely. There are some people who keep it real, mm -hmm. but let's be real. 95% of the people out there, you're seeing their best life, right? And sure. It, and so I, I can see how that is a struggle to not look at someone else. I mean, you just said it they're making more than me. Mm -hmm. I should be, they have a bigger title mm -hmm. than yep. I. So how do you, how did you work through that in your mind? What was your self-talk? You know, I think it's, you know, again, let me, let me come back to your question, but 20 years in, it's easy. It's easier to be confident, right? Like it's easier, you know, I'm, you know, at a, at a place in my life personally and professionally that I, that I'm really happy with, but, but yeah, go back to 25 year old me and there's a lot more insecurity there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more, uh, not knowing yourself, not being confident with yourself. Um, and, and so really that, that self-talk, maybe, maybe I didn't always do it back then, but I can say what I, what I should have done back then. It's just, it's just putting, putting your ego aside. You know, your ego is just this this mental construction of how you define yourself. It's it's, it's not real, mm -hmm. and it's very uh, it's very uh, prone to being. Uh, you know, you can pop that balloon real easily. So so try your best to like have confidence in what you're doing. Have confidence in your own intelligence. Have confidence to to know that like I come in and put an honest day's work in, like every single day, like each day that's going to add up to a career. So, so, so don't get hung up if like one year you didn't get that promotion or one year you didn't get that, that you know, you think you should be making this much by this age. You, you just have to kind of put, push that aside. And it's so hard again, like you said, with, with the phones these days. And, uh, and you know, I don't want to sound like a, you know, hey boomer or anything like yeah. that, but, but it really is. You're, you have this device where you're constant, you're able to compare yourself to others. So yeah. uh, to me, I, I try to, you know, if, I, if I'm reading something on the phone and it's making me mad or perhaps jealous or insecure, I, I think about it two ways. W one, is, is this me? It's probably my problem most of the time. Like, do I need to change the way I'm thinking? Secondly, should, should I even be subjecting myself to this? So, you know, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other, but, but again, um, you know, that, that's the way you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it positive. Yeah. In James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, he says, um, it, it's the aggregation of marginal gains, right? Absolutely. And that's the 1% better every single day to what you said earlier. Are you better than who you were a year ago mm -hmm. at this point in time? And look how much you've progressed. And, and then you can take that confidence. And if you have, I mean, it's the same thing. We, we all know the thing. If you've, if you've managed enough big projects at work, you can't, you can't think about this project. You've got to think about the little, the little tasks that get you to the, to the bigger objective. Yeah. 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 That's process over outcome, right? Absolutely. Focus on the process. Don't worry about the outcome. If you, if you work the process and you do it well and you dedicate yourself to it day in, day out, the outcome will be there. Yes. The yeah. outcome, you can make the little corrections along the way and the outcome is going to be gold. 
if you focus on that process. And, and you know what? <laughs> you know, we don't like to think it, but sometimes there's failure at the end of that, of that journey. And sometimes, honestly, that failure is part of your journey. You don't like it. You don't, uh, it's not pleasant. It's stressful, but but sometimes it is part of that journey to get to where you're going. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so let's let's talk about you interviewing someone now, mm -hmm. right? Because you've gone through this journey in your career where you had a bunch of different systems. You moved to Portland, you came back here, you know, you have a bunch of different jobs that you've held within organizations. Now you're a controller at Blue Tide and you're looking at someone across the table. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you go about trying to see their journey? What kind of questions are you asking them? Yep. And what are the answers you're looking for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so one of the questions, <laughs> one, one of my favorite questions, I, you know, I don't, I don't ask a lot of kooky interview questions, but one of the ones I like to ask is, you know, if, if you could go back, you can go in your time machine, go back 10 years and, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get to see yourself 10 years ago. What, what, what's the bit of advice that you now would give yourself, uh, you know, 10 years ago? Uh, and again, it's like that question's just trying to get at like, you know, is this person self-reflective? Are, are they, you know, are, are they, do they have that learning mindset? Like, mm -hmm. you know, of course, if anyone who's self-reflective, you know, knows that they didn't know it all at that at that time. So that that's one of my favorite questions to ask. Yeah. What how would you answer it for yourself if if you were asked that? Oh gosh, yeah. Um yeah, I would say again kind of this theme of what we've been talking about is balancing patience with ambition. Like uh you know, any high achiever, someone that wants to that's goal oriented or or wants to like have this have this career uh you know, you're going to have, um, you're going to have ambition and that, and, you know, that fuels you. And that, that's a good thing. Like high achievers are driven by ambition, but you can't, you can't be a hundred percent ambition. You gotta, you gotta balance that with patience and know like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a high achiever. I work hard, but sometimes it doesn't always come exactly when you when you want it to and you've got to you've got to just wait for those opportunities where your skills and what you're building meet an opportunity mm -hmm. um and, and yeah that's the, that's again just waiting waiting for your skills to meet that opportunity and yeah and, and it and it will come it will, yeah, it absolutely will come as long as you keep plugging away and you don't have to take that very next job that comes up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You can sit back and wait for the right one for you to, to craft the career, whether it's been that perfectly lined career mm -hmm. or one where you've just accumulated a bunch of different skill sets. Because now when, when I talk to you, you're like, man, 25% of my job is doing insurance <laughs> now, even though I'm an accountant, I still do that, but I'm still mm -hmm. doing insurance, which is great because you're, you're getting to apply. You, you had this entrepreneurial fling with, sure. I want to be a farmer. I don't want to be a farmer. Sure. Um, now you're back to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, c coming back, coming back, you know, almost full circle from where we began the conversation back, back to Blue Tide, like, Talk about something like when you're when you're in the right job, 
gosh, you know it. Especially, especially with you know, 15, 20 years of experience. Like, I know what a good job is, and I know what a bad job is, and that this is this is a good job. Yeah. And not only from a from a selfish standpoint or just a me standpoint. Like, sure, like I'm continuing to build my career, and uh, I really like what I'm doing. But also just from a team and organization standpoint, our executives are really good really experienced and and whenever you go into a startup role there, there's always a little risk right you know startups mm -hmm. you know might might not succeed but you know if you're gonna in in my particular instance like sure there's risk with a startup but i know i'm going into this venture with a very experienced very skilled team mm -hmm. um and that just you know gives me the confidence that i again that i'm in the right place in my in my career yep. So an employee of yours at Blue Tide comes up to you, mm -hmm. been working with you since you've been there, mm -hmm. and says, I don't, I don't know if I'm in the right spot. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to take my career. Yes. You're a great person to go talk to <laughs> uh -huh. because you've, you've been there. Mm -hmm. uh, how, do, how do you walk him through or her through a decision tree? How do you give them ad constructive advice they can utilize? Yeah, that's, again, that's a good, uh, good question. You know, a lot of it is just, I, I try to, I try to be a good listener. I want, I want to hear what their goals are. I want to hear maybe what they're feeling. I mean, even if it's not, you can, you can tell me if you're dissatisfied or impatient or you, you think you think you're not getting enough. And you know, odds are, I've had enough experience where I can empathize with almost <laughs> everything someone brings mm -hmm. to me. So, so again, it's, it's, I'm, I always want to figure out like what, what's driving them, what's their motivation, what's their goal. Take that. I know what my goals are and I know what the company's goals are. Most of the time there, there's some, there's some overlapping on those circles. So again, I, I, I want to figure out again, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe veering off topic a little bit, but again, understanding their goals, understanding their objectives, and we, we can talk about, talk about what the, what their options are. In, in your career, did you ever approach a leader of your leader of an organization or any leader? It could, didn't have to be yours. It could be any leader in an organization or a mentor outside of the company that said, I don't know if I'm on the right path. I see my friends getting promoted quicker than me. What yeah. do I do? And and what kind of advice were you given? Yeah, I you know, I remember one time, I mean, I've had various mentors, um, uh, both for companies that I've worked for as well as people that I've maintained relationships with. And I and I think I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I got that I still remember is you know, don't 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 put too much pressure on yourself like again it was kind of I, I was probably mm, maybe late 20s at the time and, and she told me like you know it sounds like you've got the facts straight and you're thinking about you know every all the all these different factors in making a job change you know there's a chance it might not work out but, th but that's okay <laughs> You know, if you if you end up taking that role and it doesn't work out, it's it's not irreversible. It's not the end of the world. So so, you know, try to make the best decision you can, and then accept what comes your way, and then make that next decision. So again, I, I always remember that just because again, as a young person, you you just think every decision is so life changing. 
<laughs> you know, I was just, gosh, Brett, I was just reading this, uh, this little clip um, about an astronaut. And the astronaut is, you know, whatever, thousands of miles away from Earth, and you just see a little blue marble. Mm-hmm. And he was calm as can be, but the mind of that astronaut was saying, I am so frustrated because mm-hmm. when I look at that marble, I see that we're all one people. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. Yes. Like we, we are not that important. And we're, we may live in different countries and on different continents, but and we need to figure out a way to make this work. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we need to quit overinflating our own importance. Mm-hmm. And, and he said in the afterwards, he said, you know, I just wanted to take these political leaders from all across the world and get them into you know, a space shuttle and take them up there and go, this is what you're screwing up right now. Yes. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not that important. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you're not, you're not that big of a deal. It's okay. You know, to what yes. you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, that kind of goes back to that, you know, how much am I driven by my own ego? So if I can, if I can strip, you know, strip that ego away and think, you know, I'm talking to you, you and I are one and we're one with everyone else like so so that that makes me i want to treat you like i treat myself and again i i I completely agree with you it's remember that it's that it's not all me think about the collective sometimes well you said something i think i think what i'm hearing the most about you if i were to summarize a lot of what you just said particularly Mm -hmm. from that mentor because that mentor said um don't back off on the pressure you're putting yourself under Mm -hmm. When we're 18 years old, when we're 23 years old and we're graduating from college, we don't have to have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. In fact, statistics say that most people are going to be changing jobs 12 times in Mm -hmm. their lifetime. And now they're starting to say, not only are you going to start changing jobs, you're going to change careers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're going to get out of whatever this job is and you're going to completely flip careers and go do something else. Mm And that's like hitting a reset button. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're almost starting over and that's okay. And you see people do that all the time Mm -hmm. and their life turns out okay when they only work on controlling what they can control. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hearing you say a lot is control what you can control and Mm -hmm. be okay with the consequences Mm -hmm. that come out of it and make the best of those. You take those into your next opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to pull from those for the rest of your career. Just like today in a controller role at Blue Tide, you're probably pulling from and remembering things that happen not only at Halliburton, <laughs> your first corporate job, mm-hmm. but maybe even just work ethic from having to work on a farm when you thought you wanted to be an entrepreneur and a farmer. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. No, it's all it's all a collection of experiences, a collection of skills, and, 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 and absolutely. Um, I, I think about growing up in a small town all the time. And at the time it, it felt very, you know, it was not exciting grow, growing up in a small town, but, but you know, 20, 20 years removed from that, it's like, you know, that's, that's a lot of who I am. I still try to approach, even though, you know, perhaps one would say I, you know, work in a very white collar job. I still like to have a, a blue collar mindset, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. still want to put in an honest day's work, still not want to, uh, you know, again, kind of not let my ego get out of control. It's about, 
And again, it's, it's, it's kind of what you said, control what you can control. Like I, I can't control my past. And in a large part, <laughs> you know, the future, the future is unknown. So what, what can I do today to be who I want to be and, yeah. and to, you know, to be a good person to others? Yeah, if I, if I apply that as we wrap up to, to people who are climbers and mm -hmm. they're working up in their career, I apply the thought of um, even if you don't have it all figured out right now, take advantage of the present that you're in and really work hard today mm -hmm. and, and use your voice. Speak up to your manager if you want additional experience. Mm -hmm communicate with people don't you know in my generation i sat back and i kept my mouth shut and i mm -hmm. just put my head down and now i think the value of what i've learned from a younger generation is you know speak up and and that's okay because people that you're performing highly for they want to help you in your career and, and that's what i hear for our younger control what you can control mm -hmm. don't put so much pressure on yourself don't worry about comparing with other people because that's going to steal your joy what would you say for other leaders? Advice that you might give them? Yeah, um, again, just, I think my, I mean, you were hitting on something there with the, with um, people coming to you with, with questions or, or perhaps complaints or, 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 you know, expressing their feelings. I always think someone who's, someone who's complaining about or, or voicing concerns about not having enough to do. I love that as a, <laughs> as a leader, like that is, that is so great. So, so you want more responsibility? You want to do more work? You want to take more on? Like that is, that is, that, that's great. I, I can hear that. That's your, you know, giving constru constructive criticism to me that I need to, you know, delegate more to you. And, and I'm, I'm all ears. So, so maybe, maybe my, my, my uh, advice to other managers is just listen to what your people are saying, try to empathize as much as possible and just try to make good decisions. You nailed it when you <laughs> said all ears. Mm -hmm. That's where, when I'm listening to you, I'm sitting here, that just means be all ears. And mm -hmm. in order to be all ears, you have to let, you, let your staff know you are. Mm -hmm. So you have to take a, a self inventory or a self assessment to say, mm -hmm does my team know that I'm open to hearing from them, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And, and are they okay with being vulnerable with me so mm -hmm. that I can help them in their career? And they can do great things for my company and, and maybe go on to go to do great things for other companies. Yeah. You know, so that's it. Just Absolutely. empathetic listening. And, and then maybe if I could just add one, one other thing, it's like, I always, when, when, I, when I interview somebody and, and talk to them, um, you know, they're selling themselves to me in an interview process, but, but I'm also selling myself to them. And that my, my promise I wanna to make to every employee is that when you come work for me, I'd love for you to, you know, in this situation, work for Blue Tide, you know, the rest of your career. But, but what I promise you is that if you work for me, I'm gonna make you a better accountant and, and, and you're gonna make yourself a better accountant. Like this is gonna be a mutually beneficial relationship. And whether you take those skills and go, go to the next job or, or stay at Blue Tide, um, you know, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have a more more marketable skill set at the end of the day. So. Love it, <laughs> love it. Leave the job better than what it was when you got it. Absolutely. Bryce Buckley, man, thank you so much yes. for the uh, for the time today. Thank and you. to our listeners, I hope you've gained as much value out of that. Remember, it is not about the destination. <laughs> it is about the journey, the values in the journey. Keep that in mind as you look at your career. 
and we'll talk to you later. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.